This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a global original podcast. Um, hi. So we said we'd be back in a couple of weeks or so to give you part two of the Joe Wicks interview. And here we are. We're back. Uh, Ali's back in his teepee. Um, I'm in my shed. Uh, TP, all right? Yeah. TP's doing well. I, I, honestly, I think this is the best spot in the house to record a podcast from. I'm not kidding. The acoustics on that are almost spot on. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. It's good, isn't it? Really good. In other news, I've been suffering all day from wind and cramps. Why? Honestly, I don't know. Sometimes I just get wind. And it's like strapped wind, and it's very painful. Strapped or trapped? Because <laughs> they're two very different things. <laughs> strapped trapped. on... Stra- <laughs> Do you want to hear this funny story about wind? I always want to hear a funny story about wind. So Joe Wicks, quite a long hold time there. Ago. Hold there, Joe Wicks. We're just doing a funny story about wind. Yeah, Joe, you can wait. On you this wait, one. Joe, um, you wait. <laughs> just sort, have some baked beans. Eat healthy. We'll okay, be there in a minute. I love that. It goes down in history that Al, Al keeps Joe waiting to talk about wind. <laughs> Nobody puts Joe in a corner, especially about wind. <laughs> so uh, so Jen does quite a lot of work with the elderly, right? Yeah. And a few, it must have been about three years ago now, it was it was during the winter and when we had a fair amount of snow. Okay. Now there's this one lady who she looks after or visits a couple of times a week and she gets this phone call from her. It's about... 7.30, 8 in the evening. Jen gets this phone call from, from this her friend, this old lady. She goes, oh, hi, Jen. Um, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm in a lot of pain. And Jen's like thinking, oh, God, what's going on? Like, this is awful. And she's getting worse and worse. She starts crying. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden we hear this... Like that. And then the phone just goes dead. Jen's like ringing back, ringing back, ringing back. Nothing. Can't get through. So Jen is going, she's going mental at this point, panicking, thinking, oh my God, the worst has happened. She's collapsed. She's ill. She's dying. Like she is, Jen's going beside herself. She's like, oh, we've got to go round. And I was like, Jen, it's eight o'clock in the evening. It's below freezing. There's five inches of snow on the ground. We've got an ill kid upstairs and one asleep. We can't just go. <laughs> So Jen's like, oh, we have to go. So we go back and forth. Jen's mum walks around, looks after the kids. And then we have to drive. And we live on one side of a valley. So we went down the valley. It's like this death trap on on snow. Yeah. Like two miles an hour. It was 
honestly, I was like, why? What is going on here? This is just ridiculous. We get to the, it's not an old people's home because, um, but because there is independent living, but it's like a load of old independent yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And they sort of have a one, one person go in a day and just check on them and stuff. And the door's, the door's locked. And I'm like, Jen, well, how are we going to get in? One person came out, so I went in. Like, you know, like the uh, dodgy people do on TV shows. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Right. Yeah, yeah. We run down the corridor. We get to uh, her front door and it's all, all solid wood. There's no glass, solid wood. And um, I'm like knocking on the door and we're going, are you there? Are you there? Like, hello? Like, uh, what's wrong? Nothing. Jen's like, ow, you're going to have to kick the door down. <laughs> <laughs> Which is every man's dream, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah until you fail and you, and you cock order. it up and you can't do it and you feel like a wimp. <laughs> it's all in the back of your head, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You're there, you're waiting <laughs> for this. To be you're even thinking, you're thinking, all right, there was that time when I watched that episode of Line of Duty and they made, they made it look really, really easy. I can do this. I've got this. I've got this. Yeah. Ah, fuck it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You say, I'd love, I'd love to knock the door in. But I might not be able to. <laughs> anyway, so I'm kind of gearing up for it, like working out the weakest point and where I can kick it and should I shoulder it or whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we hear this chain like rattle on the other side. And then this lady, she undoes the door and she opens it about two inches and she peers round. She goes, hello? <laughs> like this one. And, and Jen's like, she's like, are you all right? Like, what's wrong? Like, you were you, you you were on the phone and you were in a lot of pain and you were crying and then the phone went dead and I couldn't get through to you and I, I thought you'd fallen over and gone unconscious or something. Are you okay? Just before, went, just before you do this, was it a big fart? Because we started talking about farts and I've got a feeling that this was to do with the big fart. Yeah. She looked at us. <laughs> she, went, she went, I'm fine. And Jen's like, what do you mean you're fine? You weren't fine. You're in a lot of pain. She went... Oh, that! Why? Well, just needed a win. <laughs> so, so it goes. She goes. Yeah, I just spent the last five minutes on the toilet like this. Right. I am then thinking. Oh my god! Like we've just risked our lives skating in a car to get here. And um, anyway, then she looks at me. She says, "Well, whilst you're here, you, you might as well tuck me in." <laughs> right. She says, I've never been tucked in by a young, handsome, strapping young man. Now this, right? So Jen's thinking, yeah, go on, go on. Like, this is funny. <laughs> so in the end, I'm, no, I'm literally standing next to this Jen's, Jen's friend, this old lady. I'm standing next to her bed, tucking her in, and she's looking up at me, no teeth in, going, oh, this is so lovely. And I'm like, you needed a fart. That's it. You just needed a fart. Unbelievable. Well, I, I, I don't think that Joe Wicks would ever get that story to, you know, to precede him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Joe, sorry. From from an old farting lady. To, yeah. She was about 92. To one of the healthiest guys on the planet. <laughs> Shall we introduce yeah, him? Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, we chatted to Joe um, a few weeks ago. Amazing guy. Amazing insight. And then... Today, we're talking about his book, which is coming out, um, called Ween in 15. Ween Very clever. in 15. Like what he did there. And uh, he shares a few tips, a bit of insight into the book. But also, we kind of dive a little bit deeper in this interview. We actually talk about fussy eating, how you can help your kids if they are fussy eating, what's the best approach to weaning. So we do dive quite deeply into this. So um, it's really good because obviously he's well clued up on it. So here it is, part two of JK and Al from Don't Tell Your Mum. Talk to Joe Wicks. Enjoy. 
So um, uh, it's, it's, it's time to say hi to Joe Wicks via the power of whatever it is, FaceTime, satellite, however we're doing in, this, in these uncertain times. We're all working from home. Joe, welcome to Don't Tell Your Mum, our podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, I'm beaming in. So let's do it. Let's get going. Uh, now, Al, who's, uh, who's my, uh, my lovely, uh, my, not my partner, but my partner for the podcast, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I can um, be your partner if you'd like. Well, you know, many people have talked about us, to be honest with you, like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's good. Um, Al's, Al's not very technical with stuff like this, but we managed to get him on. Al, say hi to Joe. Joe, it's so nice that you're here, mate. Thank you, Al. How are you doing, man? You good? Yeah, really good, really good. You're busy at the minute, no? Oh, mate, I've, I've been strapped to a rocket for about three weeks, just hanging on for dear life, going <laughs> around the world on interviews in Australia and then Canada and China, Japan, all over the place. So, yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks with this P with Joe thing I've been doing. Yeah, how did that come about? Because obviously we're all on lockdown. What, did you just think do you know what let's just do something well it looks like i've just had this idea and i've just come out of nowhere with it but i've actually been i've been working on this for so long now i've been working on it about four years visiting schools i've been in uk tours i've been doing youtube streamed like workouts on there and i've been trying to you know trying to get people to just listen and take take note of what i'm achieve, trying to achieve because i really want to get kids and families exercising together and that's just what's happened and it's obviously because of a pandemic everyone's locked in and everyone's indoors doing it and i've had 35 million views in the past 12 days. That's insane, wow. isn't it? Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's mind-blowing when, if I think about it. And when you, yeah, when you think about how many kids are accessing fitness and exercise through that, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's mad. It's just, like, it's just what I imagined. It's just what I dreamed of happening. I really, really was trying to achieve this, but I thought it was going to take me 10 years. I had no idea it was going to happen on such a you know, an immense scale so fast, but it's just been amazing. The parents are sharing it on their newsletters. The schools are promoting it, NHS, um, you know, different websites all around the world and different media outlets have been talking about it, which has allowed me to really um, expand it and reach more people. And the aim is just to get families up for 30 minutes a day, every day, Monday to Friday. And it's bringing people together at a time when they need it the most. And it's just really wonderful to see all the lovely stories coming in. You're being very modest here, Joe, because isn't it true that any sort of AdSense that you're making from YouTube, you are donating to the NHS? Is that correct? Yeah, I, I don't. YouTube's not a big, like YouTube's kind of, it's my free platform. So it's not my business. I, I do a lot of free content and I've, I've never made much money from YouTube. But when all, obviously these crazy views came in, like it obviously means you get more money from YouTube because they put little ads on your videos and whatnot. Um, and like after about a week, it was up to like $100,000, which is phenomenal i didn't want people to think that i was trying to benefit from this financially i don't i just don't want anyone even the most cynical people to think that was my motive so i'm donating all of the money 100 percent of the proceeds going straight to the nhs um, nhs together's charity which is like a, a foundation which distributes it to, to various charities around the uk supporting people you know within the nhs mate that is absolutely incredible and yeah that's just such a phenomenal thing to do so and and as we know in these current times they are they, they will be very happy with that because it's it's really in need, isn't it? Yeah, it, it just felt like the right thing to do. You know, I really want to be able to say to the community that are taking part, like every workout we do, every view, every time you come back and do another one or you do it after, after work or in the evening, these views become money and that money is going to the NHS to help people that are really, you know, they're working so hard, they're, they're up against it. It's, it's going to go to care packages. It's going to help with certain things that are going to help their lives because, you know, you know NHS staff don't get paid well. They work really hard and they're not... They're not rolling in it. So it's going to just support them through this journey and this process for them as well. I, I feel really proud that I'm sharing that money. And I think everyone's so, so, so happy that it is happening, you know. Yeah, it's, it's tremendous, really, mate. 
should we quickly just talk about the stress that you went through to to make sure that you could film in your living room? Now, am I, is it true that you literally had to clear out the whole room first to make this happen? Yeah, it looks like I've got this beautifully like designed like living room, and it's all pristine. My house is a mess. Like I've got two kids. There's Lego everywhere. There's there's toys, there's food all over the floor. But this one room is like, this is the studio. So I've got a couple of lights fitted on the wall. And I'm physically barricaded into my house with like sofas, guitar amps, boxes, shelves, all just piled up because I wanted to make the studio a nice sort of space. And I dressed the background a little bit. I put different props on there and stuff. But yeah, I'm living in chaos. Mate, I've got two kids. It's chaos. when <laughs> <laughs> When my when we watch, we've obviously followed some of the um the live streams, and the first thing that my wife said when we watched was, oh, "I bet his wife has uh, dressed the the background." No, actually, this, well, I mean, yeah, originally, yeah, she's been she's been dressing it to make it look nice and pretty. But we never use this room really because we mostly spend most of our time downstairs. But I, I this is this was my guitar room. It's where I chilled out and played a few chords and that. But then I realised that I, I wanted to shoot content and create videos late at night when the kids are asleep. So. I can come down here and I turn these lights on and I swear to God, it's like live, it's like Las Vegas. It's like it's so bright in here. Like it looks like six in the morning. So I can be doing workouts any time of the night. Uh, but coming back to the props, I actually, every day I pick new ones. So I run around the house, I pick something up, maybe like a little toy or a teddy bear or something. So that I do this game called Spot the Difference. So kids just love that. They love seeing what, you know, spotting the difference every day. That's such a good idea. I love that. The great thing about these videos as well is you don't have to watch them as live because they're there to watch later on as well, aren't they? Yeah, a lot of the views like originally are coming from the live streams. We have in about between like 900,000 and say 300,000 live streams, but they're all getting about a million to two million views afterwards. So they're always getting like people in Dubai doing it like midday. Then you've got obviously New Zealand and Australia doing the evening. So yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's, I talked about this, like doing the P for the nation thing, but I, I know it's just a bit of a weird thing to say, but this has really become P for the world because all of the countries that I'm looking at on my map, like there was someone today in Russia, in Indonesia, in, in, in um, you know, Madagascar. It's all these countries wow. you think they are streaming this and there's a little family somewhere in one of these countries doing my workouts. And that for me, like is so flipping exciting. I just love it. Have you, have you had to tailor any of it back because obviously you're trying to cater for kids, mum, dad, and whoever, do you know what I mean? Whoever's in the household rather than just kind of, it's not your typical, uh, you know, personal training session, I, I presume. Well, with the workouts, they're very much basic, you know, that a very young child can take part in and then also an adult can have fun and you can scale it up a little bit. But it's all about just very, you know, no equipment. So you're in a tiny space, you could be in a one bedroom flat in London or you could be, you know, in a nice big house in, in Surrey. It doesn't matter where you are. You can still take part and you could be a kid, an adult. You're still going to enjoy it. It's still going to make you feel good. And they could be speaking a different language. They could be Chinese or Japanese and still do the work because they're watching. They've got the timer behind me. They've got, you know, me demonstrating the exercises. So really the language isn't a barrier through this. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to level with you. I'm still aching from Monday's session. <laughs> so many parents have said that. I, I really find that funny. Yeah. I mean, I am aching. What um, Now, what does your wife Rosie think about this? Because you're obviously a very busy person at the moment and, and we're, we're kind of the same a little bit. I'm doing, I'm still doing my radio show from here in the office. So I'm kind of out the house for, I don't know, five, six hours still. So nothing changes there, even though I'm not going into work. I'm kind of doing it down the bottom of the garden. Now, what about you? Is she, is she saying, come on, you, you're so busy. Where are you? You're helping with the kids. What's going on? It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's slowed down a little bit. The first two weeks were really intense. Like I was doing interviews at midnight for Australian TV. Then I was up at 6am, 7am doing like breakfast TV with Piers Morgan and all that. So I was, 
I was getting pulled in all directions, but it's, it's slowed down now. That's, that's what it was like. It was relentless. Now you're a father of two. You like to be fit. You like to be healthy, which means it was inevitable that a book was com- was going to come along in uh, Wean in 15. So these are up-to-date advice and 100 quick recipes from you, Mr. Joe Wicks. Yeah, Wean in 15 is a really, it's, a, it's kind of a fun story really because Nikki, my brother, had the idea a few years ago. He said, when we have children, if you ever have an idea, I've got a great title for a book. We should call it Wean in 15. And I didn't really kind of, I didn't really think, you know, we were going to have kids so soon, but he's had a couple of kids. I've got two kids. And I realized more than ever, like when you go through that journey, you want to be confident that you're giving your kids the right stuff. So I went on this journey of, you know, exploring and kind of digging into it and finding out what was what. And I got in touch with an amazing a nutritionist called Charlotte, who is a, she specialized in child and infant nutrition. So she kind of coached me through the journey of my weaning with Indy. And then I was like, right, I'm going to create a wonderful book with recipes and share my knowledge. And I'm really proud. I think it's going to be a book that a lot of parents are going to get a lot of use out of and really, really give you the confidence to go and actually enjoy that journey as a parent for, for both mums and dads. Yeah, I think I think weaning is one of those phases that is under underestimated and understated quite a lot. You know, we everyone talks about sleep deprivation. Everyone talks about um, you know when your kids crying or whatever. But weaning, no one really talks about it as like a, as as a challenge. But it's actually an incredibly difficult time in in to so many people in so many different ways. I mean, I just remembering um, you know ours when Ted, he, he's our youngest, he just he just wouldn't eat. And like that, that alone causes so much stress on me. Um, you know, it is, it's, it's a big issue that I think probably needs talking about more. Yeah, there's so many factors involved, you know, when it comes to fears and concerns around weaning. So when do I start? What's, what do I start with? Um, you know, choking, allergies, when do I offer peanut butter or, or, you know, dairy or eggs for the first time? And then you've also got the stress of food refusal and, um, tantrums and, and then obviously teething. You can, my, Indy would go two or three days about eating sometimes if she was teething, if she wasn't well. And these are all things that are quite scary if you're not 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 educated on what, what's actually going on. But if you realise they get most of the nutrition from their milk, whether it's breast milk or formula for the first year. Um, but obviously as you increase their food intake, more of the nutrition starts to come from that. But it is a case of um, having a bit of confidence, like understanding what, what you can and can't give your child. And it's, it's, there's no right or wrong. Ultimately, you know, some people want to do the spoon fed thing some people are really like baby led weaning is the only way to do it but i believe in a much more flexible approach i think a little bit of both is good i think you know letting your baby hold the food in their hand and experience it and feel it is also great and then alongside that have a little bit on a spoon they can taste so i I definitely think the book's gonna i think it will be you know the new bible the new book the new go-to book for baby weaning especially in the uk because i mean who do you think of when you think of that like there's I don't know who, who that person is. I had no idea, like, where do I even go for this content? So I went on a, you know, went on a little mission online and a little look and found some research. But basically, this is like really up-to-date content and new research showing, you know, how to get your child off to the best start. And I think it's going to help a lot of parents. I remember it being really frustrating because I think Luna, who's my youngest, she wasn't very good at weaning, but she's really good now. She eats fruit. She eats quite a few v- bit of vegetables. She's a bit more experimental. Noah was fantastic during weaning and tried everything, but now he's the fussy one. And this, these are the sort of stresses that you get in with, with sort of weaning your children. You, you don't realize that this is, you know, this is how it turns out. Every child's different. And it, it really comes down to, I suppose, the consistency with, you know, you're offering them, you know, lots of variety. There's lots of tricks, you know, obviously there can be a really, you know, naturally fussy eaters when there's children that are 
you know, really frightened of textures and certain things, but it's really about being consistent and offering new things and multiple times and, you know, not just cracking and, you know, giving them an alternative. Because what happens is children are very smart. If they know they can cry and push back a little bit and you turn around and you give them their beans on toast or their yogurt and fruit, whatever it might be, like they'll know that's coming. So you do have to kind of be disciplined. And it's hard because you just want to see your baby happy and fed and you want them to go to bed and get a good night's sleep. Um, But it's very easy to walk into that trap of them dictating what they want, them bossing you around and them determining what they eat. And therefore you can end up with a very limited food, food selection of food to give your child. What is it that they say that you're supposed to offer the same food? Is it 15 times before they actually might, but they might eat it? So, you know, we might try once or twice or three times and then go, oh, they're not going to eat it. But I'm sure it states that you, you may have to try up to 15 times before they get used to it. Yeah, there's lots of research saying there's, you know, 10 to 15 times of, of a certain food and it might be in a different form. Like if I gave Indy a bit of broccoli, steamed broccoli, she'd laugh at me and throw it in my face. But <laughs> if I roast it in a little bit of uh, coconut oil and some curry powder or some Cajun or some, you know, cayenne or something, she yeah. loves spices. So she'll eat it. She likes it when it's crispy and crunchy. So it's about yeah. trying to offer them in different forms. Like she won't eat kale, but if I roast it with some um, paprika and some, a little bit of oil in the oven, she eats it like crisp. So it's about getting the, the fruit and veg into the diet without necessarily, you know, just boiled or steamed really boring foods. And I think the one thing the book will teach you is that kids and babies, they can eat like adults. They don't have to eat really bland, boring food. Like it can almost be very soon from that first few months to, to basically eating like you, eating like adult meals, just obviously with no salt and certain things you should avoid. But that's what I love about this book. It takes one a quite a quick journey from purees to, to more mashier textures, then to like homemade risottos or little curries or um, orzo pasta that you can eat together. That's the it's funny you should say that about broccoli because uh, ours will eat broccoli if it's if it's got a bit of oil, it's fried and it's got some um, some honey on it or some agave thingy because my wife Charlie's vegan, so whichever you know whichever one it is. But yeah, the broccoli thing if if you if you sort of experiment with it. They might actually eat it. That is such a good. It's a good thing to say. That I've, I'd never thought of that. I mean, that's just blown yeah. my world right, right well, open. I wish I'd known. Like, I, but it, they didn't. They're not going to eat broccoli if I steam it. And then I'm like, oh, he doesn't like broccoli. I would never do it again. <laughs> just yeah, try trust me. If you if you like roasted, you know, cauliflower is pretty bland. But if you roast cauliflower in some like you know mild curry powder or, or mild curry powder or some smoked paprika, like, it tastes amazing and it it's all crispy and like it's almost like popcorn. So there's loads of ways of getting veg into your child's diet. But again, it's just like you never know. Every kid's different, and I always just have this mentality. And my whole narrative through the book, it's very, it's very um. It's very understanding and I know the stresses that come through cooking and trying to be a you know, a great mum and dad and put good food on the table. It's difficult in this in this day and age, but it's just gonna give you the confidence to try new things and to be to be relaxed about it in a very non judgmental way because my diet when I was a kid was terrible. I didn't start you know, I didn't have a good start to my diet, but I, I, I was a very fussy child. But now as an adult, I love my food and I'm very creative and adventurous with food. So I think you have a chance, no matter how old your kid is, you do have a chance to start introducing foods and, and change bad habits, basically. Do you do you think that, uh, well, how much impact on the rest of our eating life does that weaning phase have, do you think? Well, I mean, it's obviously, you're never going to know because you could start your baby, like you said, it could be amazing eating loads of veg and eat all the things they want and then suddenly get to a, you know, a toddler or a teenager and they're like, no, not into that. So there's no real no, way of knowing, but I think it's just about giving them the best chance for their health, for their gut health, for their you know, for their, um, just their overall health and, and, and energy really at growing up as, as kids to, to, to know you're putting good food in their body and running their engine on really good nutritious food is way more, you know, beneficial than, 
giving them lots of, which I grew up on, Sunny Delight, Wagon Wheels and Ice Gems. That's literally what I used to eat. So. Sunny Delight, I remember that. <laughs> Didn't yeah, they say I mean, that your yeah, skin used so to go nice yellow? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible <laughs> stuff. But yeah, you know, and I used to drink a lot of Ribena. Like my mum my used to give me Ribena in a bottle when I was little because it was like, they didn't know it was bad for your teeth and then all my teeth fell out. So, you know, I think the education's there now. We know what to give our children and it's about just coming up with some ideas and being creative with it. Joe, you mentioned that you were, you were a fussy eater, but not anymore. What was it that, cha- when was it that you changed and what, what do you think was the catalyst in that change? I think I was probably a fussy eater like right up to like, say, 14, 15. I remember just always eating like boring, like bland pasta or chicken nuggets and, like, you know, frozen stuff. But I think when I sort of got to sort of 15, 16, I started cooking a little bit myself. I started just to try different things and I'd make a nice little stir fry or a little Thai green curry and I kind of got into cooking a little bit through that. But yeah, I just, it's just, I love my food. Like I really enjoy food. I love cooking. I love eating out. So I'm always up for trying new things. But I, the, the thought of eating fish a few years ago would literally make me vomit. But now I love sushi and sashimi. Like I eat raw fish. So it's weird how your palate, cha- your palate can change as you become an adult and you grow up in different, different, try different things. Yeah. And like you, like you say, making it yourself as well. I think that's probably you're being involved in that process and trying something new. I reckon that probably helps. Yeah, I reckon so. The fish thing didn't work for me. The the main bit, I can't, you know, I wish, like you say, I wish I did eat fish because I know how healthy it is, you know, the Mediterranean diet and stuff like that. But as a kid, um, my dad was a farmer. I remember being at the kitchen sink after this is probably around about 20 past midnight after we'd just gone eel fishing and he was skinning eels in the sink. And since then I just, I can't do fish. I just can't do it. Well, oh, yeah. uh, even for me, it was a pretty hard ride. I don't think I could handle an eel jelly deal, wasn't it? From the market. Oh, oh, no. Jay, what, what do you eat when you go to the fish and chip shop? I just have cod with, um, with, well, I'd have, uh, yeah, cod and chips, but I have to have <clears> a lot of vinegar and a lot of curry sauce in it. It's the only so, way I can eat. So you have, you have vinegar and curry sauce with a side of cod. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe, what would you what would you say to parents with fussy eaters? Like we get asked this a lot through Dad's <clears> Net, <throat> and um, I never know really what to say. So, what would you, what would you say if someone turns to you and goes, "My kids are really fussy eater. What do I do?" It's a hard message to, to to kind of get across, really, without you know, without making someone feel like they've made mistakes, or they've you know, they've they've not been consistent. But it really comes down to just being consistent with. You know, like, for example, if Indy rejects a meal and I and I know that she likes it normally, I won't just like, OK, go, go and make her some peanut butter and toast or give her a, a chocolate bar or make it, you know, some, some something else. I just wait. I just take her down. I go and play with her for an hour. I let her get an appetite and I go back and offer the same food. And nine times out of ten, she eats the food. So that kind of consistency lets them know that they have to eat the food you give them. Like you are the chef. Like You do the food shopping. You do the cooking. And if they're two, three, four years old, they're not going to the oven putting in chicken nuggets and chips. Like you have the ability to choose what they eat. But what I'm saying is it's harder if they're older because you've obviously they've it's got the tantrums and the and the refusal and the the um resistance gonna be stronger, but it doesn't mean you still can't turn them around with a bit of patience and a bit of consistency. And just wait, you know, a child that's hungry will eat food. You, you're not they're not gonna starve yeah. out and not eat. So it's a case of like, can you let your child wait another two hours and then or, or or do you just say, okay, I'll just make some um you know, I'll just put something in the free, from the freezer in the oven and that, that's it. Like, it's, it's just about you um, constantly challenging them or, or, and trying new things with them. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, in our household, me and my wife, we go on really well most of the time, but we do differ on that <laughs> side of things like that. I'm the, I'm the same. I'm kind of like Jay's laughing, he knows. I'm the same. I'll, I'll be like, this is your dinner, so you can eat it now or you can eat it in a minute, but this is this is your dinner. Whereas as Jen, if, he, if he's kicking up a fuss and he doesn't want it, Jen will say, okay, well, I'll go and make you something else then. Yeah, that's the thing. I think when you've both got two opinions and you both kind of feel differently about it, because ultimately you want your kid to be happy, healthy and fed and not crying. And if you can give them anything just to make them feel better, you will. But it's very easy to get into that routine. It's almost like the same thing with the iPad. If you pull the iPad out of dinner or you get the phones out, like, you know, they're going to rely on that and they're going to want that and they're going to kind of detract and it's going to distract them from eating, but they sort of forget to actually enjoy the food. So I really believe in role modeling. I believe in sitting down where you can and sitting down and enjoying a meal together, like whether that's sitting in the kitchen, like cooking, making up your porridge in the morning and sitting down together. These things reinforce that, you know, food is a time for connection. It's a time for sitting down and socializing. And that really helps as well. So the environment you're sitting in, um, calm and, you know, chilled out, and also role modeling really affects your child's ability to sit and not try new foods. I think people have to underestimate that. Should we just quickly talk about um, being being dads, which we all are? Um, you know, it, it is one of the greatest things you can do in the world. We know that. And also it can be one of the toughest things that you do, you know, as a parent. What, what was the, um, how was the sleep for you, Joe? Because sleep deprivation is always one that comes up in our house none of us slept really what you know whatsoever and it you know it was a really tough time for both me and my wife charlie what what was it like for you in your household so the first child indy my daughter like she was so good i mean obviously first few weeks is rough but she yeah. got into her routine and she'd sleep like right through the night from pretty early on so i couldn't really relate to the broken sleep thing as much as my friends and family that have got kids and stuff so i i never really understood but with marley it's been very different he was three weeks premature he spent the first 10 nights in the hospital because he, he wasn't worried that he had an infection. And when he came home, like, he's very, very clingy, very needy. He wants to be held all the time. He, he, had, he had troubles with his vision. He couldn't act, I literally thought he couldn't see anything, but luckily he's, he's developed. So we've had um, all these issues and it's just been a lot tougher. So my sleep's been really broken. I wake up feeling, you know, your eyes are stinging. You feel like you've been out on a session, like you've been out boozing all night. Like you wake up, your throat's dry, your eyes are stinging. You're like, oh no, what is going on? But I, I really believe that exercise helps me get through that. Even if I do 20 minutes, I always like feel better afterwards. So exercise is still a part of my day, no matter how like broken my sleep's been. Yeah, because it is tough. Because obviously if you can get those three sorted, if you can get the food and you can get the, you know, the exercise and you can get the sleep that you need, that's the perfect three, isn't it really? But, you know, when, when, when you are quite knackered and trying to motivate yourself to do the exercise or even to go out to work or what, whatever you're doing, you know, it, it, it can be really, really tough. I just remember thinking I was on permanent jet lag. Yeah, it's rough, man. And obviously it affects your relationships. It affects your your motivation to train. It affects your desire to want to like cook food and eat healthy stuff because you just want to eat like you want to just eat junk food. And, you know, it affects your relationship. It affects your patience, everything. So it, it, it made me realize when I had the second baby just how important sleep is for the mental health as well, because it can completely transform the way you feel. If you if you're having three, four hours sleep a night and that builds up that accumulated effect. By the end of the month, you are exhausted and it really affects your emotions, your hormones, your your stress levels. So, yeah, I mean, obviously trying your best. My my way of dealing with it is I go to bed at nine o'clock sometime, not every night. I'm, not, I'm normally up to about 11, but 
like last last night or the night before, me and Rosie got in bed at nine o'clock and we were asleep. So we're catching up. We're sort of rebuilt. We've regained a couple of hours because if you stay up till midnight, it's just going to catch up on you. Yeah. And those two hours as well mean mean hell of a lot. Like last night we had, so Noah came down at about 1 a.m. Uh, he's he's in a, he's in like a loft room. He came down at one wanting to get into our bed. We're like, no, 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 you're going to have to go back up. So then I took him back up to bed. And then I think about, one and a half hours later, Luna woke up. So even now, you know, one's five and one's two. You, we are still getting this broken sleep. When does it end? <laughs> I know. All you all you want is a good night's sleep, but it's just being kind of understanding, isn't it? That kids are they're constantly changing, and I have to just come out with empathy, really, and understand that like, they have nightmares and stuff. It's it is hard. I really believe that the, the most difficult thing about being a parent is the broken sleep. I think the broken sleep and the crying, you know, intense screaming and crying in your face is mentally it's psychologically very challenging you have to really learn to um you know adapt to it and and be patient and tolerant because you just want to blow your lid don't you just want to you just want to scream and, and, yeah. and do what they're doing but you have to show emotional control and be and be uh, you know be rational i suppose i've i've always said that parenting would be 90 percent easier if you had a decent night's sleep every night it has a knock-on effect to your your productivity at work you, the amount of effort you put into work so the energy you burn throughout a day and also the food you eat, I think you choose healthier food when you've had a good night's sleep. You don't want to eat, you know, a croissant and loads of coffee and Red Bull. You want to eat healthy food to give yeah. you real energy. So it has a massive effect on your mental health. And then, you know, sex drive, um, ability to like just want to wake up and have a nice day because you're already starting off to a really rough, because you're already so tired when you start. But I do believe that even if you haven't had a broken night's sleep, that a little workout clears your mind and kind of levels you out. It brings you back down to a nice level, and then you can sort of go at the day a little bit more positively. I, I need to, I need to adopt that really, because Ted he didn't sleep for the first two and a half, three years, really at all. Sometimes he'd be up sort of ten or twelve times through the night. It was awful. Um, but and that just that like we've just discussed that had the knock on effect. I didn't want to train. I didn't want to go for a run. I didn't want to go for a cycle. I didn't want to spend half an hour cooking. I so I was eating crap. I wasn't exercising. It was work, and then just slouching in front of the TV, basically. And uh, I feel, <laughs> I feel I'm still carrying the uh, the. the yeah, well, what's changed? <laughs> well, yeah, now I don't have the excuse of sleep deprivation. Ted's pretty good now. <laughs> <laughs> it catches up, isn't it? Now, that's the thing. When the new person comes into the world that you love and you want to, it's all about them. But we we neglect our own mental health, our own health, because you're just so tired, and you don't think. You think to yourself, "There's no way I've got the energy for this," but I always say exercise actually generates energy. It gives you energy. So like I said, even going for a 20-minute walk or a little bike ride or doing a couple of press-ups and squats in your living room, it has, a, it has an effect and it can it can make you feel better. And I remember I used to run a boot camp and this guy would come at 6 a.m. every day and his little boy didn't sleep a wink and he was so shattered. And I used to say, like, how are you here? I can't believe you're doing this boot camp. He said, Joe, I need this for my mental health. I need to do it because I'll lose my mind. Like, this is my hour with no kids and I'm out in the park training with you and I feel better for it. So I never really understood that, but I see now how important that is. What we've talked about, you know, some of the tough things with parenting. So sleep deprivation being one, but you know, as, as a threesome here, you, Al, myself, what do we all think is the greatest thing about being a dad? For me, the greatest thing about being a dad is, is seeing the impact you can have on shaping their personality and, you know, their learning, whether it's sitting down, um, and reading a book or doing like flashcards and words. Indy's obsessive learning new words. So I love reading to her. I love her watching me play the guitar and then she'll pick it up and try. I love that she's got a sense of humor. I, I've realized that every time I demonstrate, you know, kindness or generosity or love towards her mum, 
um, or Marley, she sees that and she becomes that. She is me, like she is literally me uh, because of how she sees me interact with her mum and her brother. And so that's, for me, the true beauty of being a parent is seeing them evolve. Al, do I have to follow that one? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good Come on, answer. Al. It's a good answer. It's too good. Um, I mean, I would be on the same page as that. Like, it's just watching them unfold in front of your eyes, I think, is a real privilege. Um, like, every day they change slightly. And for me, it's just like today I'm wondering what what's going to be a little bit different tomorrow? What's he going to learn today that he's now going to use tomorrow? And just watching that, I think, is there's nothing like it. You can't describe it. And morning um, cuddles as well. A cuddle in the morning is just my... It gives me so much life. I love it when she comes out, when I give her a cuddle and we have a little... She puts her arms around me and pats me on the back. I just... I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that, I, I can definitely empathise with that. It's one of the best things. Everything you've said, I, I you know, I, I totally agree with 100%, but I'm definitely going to have to go for the, the parent parking space at Sainsbury's, I think, for me. Is <laughs> oh, yeah, that's classic. The cuddle thing as well, when they come in. As long as it's not 1am and it's about 7am, it's absolutely fine. But when they come in and, and you have that cuddle, and when you get in, when you get bed raided as well, and the, for me as well, I know I've complained about them being in our bed you know, in at night, and we do. We love co sleeping. We were a big, big, big fan of co sleeping. And when I'm in, when I wake up in the morning and I look over, and Noah, who's my eldest five, he's at the bottom of the bed. We leave a pillow for him. I've got Luna, to my two year old daughter, in between me and Charlie, my wife. And I look there and I just think, this, I love this. This is amazing. My world are in this bed and they're safe. That's what I think. Yeah, but that's lovely. We have, we didn't have Indy in our bed, but Marley's definitely been bit more of a co-sleeper and he, he's got this big like Merlin sleep suit he looks like a starfish so he's all like spread out and he sleeps in the middle and he can't move his arms and legs but he looks like such a joker I love it <laughs> that, that, that's the other thing is those moments where your kid aged four makes you actually roar like a proper belly laugh like when you when you see when they make you do that that there's nothing like that either that's one of the best things I think uh, our time is up so um, uh, look Joe thank you so much for, for taking time to, to chat to us for these couple of episodes and um, yeah and, and one more plug for the book Ween in 15 now we can buy this from all good booksellers and Amazon and Kindle and stuff like that yeah it's out on the 14th of May and um, I really hope you enjoy the recipes and thanks for having me on the show guys lots of love to you both thanks Joe mate appreciate your time Oh, God. I can hear this. This is yes. Ch- Charlie, come in. Come and say hi. Oh my! Did you hear that? I can't. I've got a massive spot. Say hi. Hi. Hi, Charlie. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Guess where Al is? <laughs> in a tent. <laughs> he's in. He's in yes. a tent teepee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean that's probably the right way forward for radio studios. No, the acoustics are amazing. Honestly, it's good. It's good. So if I come in here tomorrow and find you with the IKEA tent on top of your head, I know where you, I know where you got it from. Right. Okay. I, I will be up. Later. I'll be up soon. Hi, Charlie. I'll be in soon. Joe Wicks. I mean, it's got to be up there with one of the best that we've done. He's a legend. I and also we. I mean, what, how long were we on with him for? About an hour, ten minutes in total, wasn't Round it? Round about that, yeah. And um, and it was just it was just an easy conversation. It was genuinely like we were just at the pub talking about being dads. Yeah, which I think is I mean that's what that's everything that we wanted this podcast to be. And the fact that we can do that with Joe Wicks means that this has to go down as one of the best episodes for from my point of view, delivering it certainly. Just to clarify, we w- we weren't actually in the pub because this is during lockdown. So yeah, just just in case some. Um, some twat decides to complain. It, we weren't actually in the pub during lockdown. He was in his house. I was in my house. You were in your house. Do you reckon when we're allowed out, he will he will want to go down the pub with us? 
you're hoping that, aren't you? You've gone a bit. You see now, because yeah. Jen, your wife, loves Joe Wicks. I think you've yeah. sort of, you've you've taken on her in sort of is it infatuation. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah, yeah that works. Are you, do you both, you both loving a bit of Joe now? Bit of a man crush. Well, obviously, we were talking about our van and my, the the camper van that we got. Which is, and, if, you, if you're um, interested in buying it, it's only done 303,000 <laughs> miles. It's all it's done if you're interested in buying it. Get get out of town, mate. And um, and he, he said, I'll oh, send me a photo. So I was I WhatsApped him a photo Did afterwards. You? And I, yeah. Oh, no, because we were having this conversation after you again. Yeah. Should I send him it? Because I, I don't yeah. know. If, did, he, did he really mean it? If, he if, did ask. But yeah, but he did it in, in sort of on a podcast in a showbiz way. You know what it's like. And we, we're in this industry. You know where it, where it says like, do you know what? Hey, um, um, I don't know. Uh, Beyonce, we should go out for a beer sometime. Yeah, that's what you say in showbiz. Yeah, they can't say no. <laughs> no, no. Because, no. you know, no, everyone knows in showbiz. When you say that, it means it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, true, true. But you did. So anyway, we, I did. did, did he, reply? he was like, nice man, man. Is yeah, that, he said, nice man. Is that it? Yeah, and thanks for having me on the show. Did you reply again? An emoji. And then what came back? Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> he had enough for you. <laughs> yeah, a little notification saying you have now been blocked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't seem to. I can't seem to message him again. What is this about? Yeah. I was looking at info. I was like, has he read it? Has he read it? Has it even delivered? <laughs> well, anyway, it was good. It was good. It was good, and um, yeah, it was lovely. Hopefully, you enjoyed it as well. Uh, tell us if you did. Actually, rate us, uh, subscribe, download. Uh, you know, you can you can message us. You know, we're on we're on Twitter. Um, I'm at JK Jason King. Uh, Alice, are you at the Dad's Net or at Dad's Net? At the Dad's Net. Right. Keep yeah. Mum's Net off our backs. What's um? What are you on Insta? The Dad's Net. Okay, I'm JK Jason King as well. Oh, good, we worked that out quite well then, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the same everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or send us an email. You can go to dadsnet.com and there's a little tab, Dad Podcast, and there's a form you can fill out. Send us an email. We read all the emails that come in. Very, very entertaining. So make sure you send them in. Until next time. Goodbye. Adios. Nice. <laughs>